Welcome to this week's Zen Teachings Podcast. This week's episode is entitled The Gold Floor. So there's there's many, many different aspects to life, right? You've got your career, you've got your family, uh, you've got physical health, mental health, and there's the spiritual life. We're gonna we're gonna focus there and and I'm gonna start with a couple stories. I was talking to somebody this week and they asked about Gautama Buddha. And I remembered a couple of really, really good stories that are sort of the crux of the process, and I thought it would be nice to share those with you. So, Gautama Buddha, for those who don't know, he lived many, many years before Christ, maybe 500 years or so before. And the story of Buddha was was very similar to Krishna. They were both princes. Buddha was a prince. He had many palaces. The king and queen, his father and mother, uh, decided they didn't want him to see any suffering at all no problems with the world. He's going to be raised up to be this absolutely perfect leader, be put in these perfect conditions, perfect conditions. No harm is going to come to him. He's not going to see any disharmony. He's not going to see any violence, no negativity, nothing. He's only to be within these palace walls where we can supervise. He's living, growing up, I mean, almost literally in an utter test tube. And I think Man, things really haven't changed. Thousands of years ago, it's very similar to today, right? We see a lot of parents now who don't want their little baby bothered with all that. They don't want them tested. They don't want them to suffer. So we see all these helicopter parents hovering on every little thing their child does. But Gautama Buddha, in his teenage years or so, he was a little mischievous. And he and a friend climbed over the wall. They snuck by the guard and they ended up on the outside. And they saw these just absolutely horrific real-life scenes that they had no idea about before. There were, there were people starving, sick, people with, with illness and injury. I mean, there was suffering of all kinds that he had just never, ever had any idea about. And, and the Buddha came back before his enlightenment, and he was talking to his father, and he was incredibly upset. He said, I can't believe all this is going on and everyone is suffering and how in the world am, am I'm going to be exposed to this? There, there were old people and hurt people and, and starving and it, and it was really bothersome. And he decided he had to be out there in it and to learn how to deal with it. And his father, nothing had changed for his father. He didn't want him to leave the palace. He said, no. No, no, I forbid you. You cannot leave. And one day he stood in front of him and said, I want to leave. I want to go in search of truth. And his father said, nope, you will not leave. And he walked out of the room. And Buddha just stood there in the exact spot. Stood there for hours. His father, his father laid down took a nap. He was upset. He was all stressed out. Went to the kitchen, got something to eat. Every time he'd walk by, he'd see Gautama standing there and he just didn't move. Every time we're talking hours on end, standing there utterly motionless. Father came in, said, what's wrong with you? What do you want? And he simply said, you know, they started thinking, what would that be like today? I don't think 
the kid could just stand there and say, you know, they would be saying all this other stuff. I mean, you watch kids today, the ones we have in class, I mean, wow, terrible. Like, like one of the biggest things we have to teach them when they walk in is just shut up, just shut up. I mean, learn how to be new. And that also goes for adults as well. Anyway, he's standing there and the father walked away and came back pacing, walked back and forth, finally came to him and said, and this to me is the most amazing sentence, the most amazing part of the story. He said, you'll die standing there. And Gautama looked at his father and said, I will die standing here. And he knew at that moment it was over. He said, go kiss your mother goodbye. He knew it was done. And Gautama went out, practiced, taught, learned, grew, evolved, enlightened, and ended up back at one of his father's palaces years and years later. Wanted to make that sort of, you know, so much time later, sort of an ashram, a gathering place, a place to get together, practice. And the palace had fallen into just shambles. There, there was nobody taking care of it. It was terrible. But he remembered all those years ago that one of the ballrooms used to have this gold floor, solid gold floor. And when he saw it, it was so far from a gold floor. It was almost like a dirt floor. I mean, it was grimy and muddy and just ridiculous. Nobody had cared for it in years. And there were people there squatting and, and hanging out. And anything they would use the room for, they would just toss on the floor and it was filthy. And the Buddha said, we have to find the gold floor. And he started to dig down and it took him over three feet, they say, to find the gold floor. Three feet. Everything on top of the gold floor was just garbage and crud and they kept having to dig down. And he said, you know, this is a great story for the path because what happens is first, we have this gold floor. The, the gold floor is the soul, the Atman, the Buddha nature, the true self, heaven, God, Satori, Samadhi, whatever you want to call it, Nirvana makes no difference. We have that. It is already, it's us. It already is us. But it keeps getting covered with all of the crud, all the disgusting, bad, dirty, rotten stuff. You know the thoughts that you have, that we all have, the negative, the the I'm no good. I'm never going to be any good. My mom hated me. My, my dad didn't love me, never came to my baseball games. All the other thoughts, the addictions, the divorce, the substance abuse, the financial troubles, all of it, all just stuff that you've put on the floor. And we're all just constantly, year after year, day after day, throwing stuff on the floor. And you have to clean the floor. And, and so while Gautama and his, and his people would clean the floor, the story goes, they had all these workers and they'd all just get so frustrated because they'd travel down just a little bit. And then they go, forget it. There, there's nothing here. This is no good. And they would give up. And isn't that what we do? We make a little bit of an effort to change. You know, we, we make a little effort to grow, to evolve, to break our habits to change our lives and we don't see really quick results, so we give up. 
We, we want it right now. And we don't see that, so we stop. And then we start throwing stuff back on the floor. But eventually, somebody made it down and saw just a little bit of the gold floor. I mean, just, just a tiny space, an area. And isn't that what we do? We make a little bit of an effort to change. We, we put in this, this little effort to grow. We put in the effort to evolve, to break our habits, to change our lives. And we don't see really quick results, so we give up. We want it right now. We don't want to be patient. We want it right now. We put in the work, but we don't see the results right away, so we give up. And we start throwing more stuff on the floor. But eventually somebody made it down and they saw just a little bit of the gold floor and we're talking just an area spec basically and somebody said yeah that's there but how do we know the whole floor and that's what we do i mean we, we make a little bit of an effort to change we make a little bit of an effort to grow we make that effort to evolve maybe we break some habits so that we can change our lives but we don't see really quick results so we give up you know, we're not, we're not interested in this patience. We're not interested in, in anything but the results right now, so we stop. And we start throwing stuff back on the floor. But back to the story, eventually somebody made it down. And they saw just a little bit of gold on the floor. And I mean just an area, a speck, maybe the size of a, of a table. And somebody said, yeah, yeah, that's there, but how do we know the whole floor? And that's exactly what we do. We make some progress. We're making some sort of recognition, some sort of results. You know, we found some peace. We've maybe found some calmness we didn't have before. We finally had that conversation with that person, that person who pushes our buttons and we didn't lose it. We didn't hit them. And then we go, yeah, but it can't be like this always. Why? We have to work. You have to do the work. So in the story, the key was the Buddha was the only one who could do the work and could clean the floor completely. And a lot of times you hear the analogy of the mirror, you're cleaning the mirror. So every single thing that you do in life either takes the mud, the, the, the junk, the stuff, the bad feelings, the irritations about your childhood off the floor and makes it better, shiny. Or, or it adds to the floor. Every single thing you do either adds it to the floor or it takes it away from the floor. So I was having a conversation and, and the person listened to the story and said, that's great, but, but I'm busy. My life's 100 miles an hour. I don't have time for all the spiritual stuff. Really? You're all on the spiritual path whether you know it or not. Some just acknowledge it and some just don't know but you're already there you're doing the work they said well i'm so busy my life i know the person you know what they were referring to kids they had kids you know some of you have kids you still got them and i mean they're still yours right and and you feel as big of a responsibility for them yeah I mean, it's not as bad as when they're babies, but it's still bad. I mean, it's still some though, right? I mean, the problem is that the kids aren't the issue. They're the path. I mean, if you have kids, that's it. What, what better Zen teachers? They're awesome little Zen masters. They come in and they push 
all your buttons. Every single problem you have, you can figure out a spouse, a family member, a kid will push the right button and you will get all the work you need. So how do you respond to this? Some people believe, you know, they, they have excuses. If I could join a monastery and put on a robe, well then, then I'd really be on my best behavior and I'd make some progress. You know, I'd be like, holy. But with your family, your wife, kids, husband, you can't be holy? Come on, this is the path, this is it. And I don't believe that there's any that that's harder. You can, you can go into any martial arts school, ashram, monastery, dojo, anywhere in the world, and the discipline that they take, the discipline they take on isn't any harder than what you take on in every day of your life if, if you use it correctly as a process. If you're just trying to get through it, you're not using it. It's every single thing that happens to you in your life and how you deal with it. That's the path right then. You can't set it down. You can't go, well, when Steve is good, then I meditate, then I'm growing. But when he makes me mad, I can't grow because I can't meditate. You're, you're responsible. You're growing with how you respond to him. You know, your boss goes crazy at work. How do you deal with it? Somebody else's crisis, do you make it your crisis? Do you just drag and not care? Are you one of these people who over-respond? Like all the things that you interact and, and how you think, feel, and respond are who you are and, and where you are on the spiritual path. It all matters. So then the question is, he said, so you're saying I have to be mindful because if I'm mindful and I know what's happening and how I'm responding to what happens, the only way to do that and to look at it and to look at look at it as this process is to is to be mindful. Absolutely, that's what I'm saying. And that's why we call it lessons in mindfulness. But most people don't understand and, and they don't realize that in every Asian language, everyone, the word for mind and the word for heart is exactly the same. So every time you hear mindfulness, you should be mindful. You should also interpret that as you should be heartful. Your heart should be open. So when we're saying mindful, we want to be cognizant. We want to be aware. We want to be really, really in the moment present, but we want to do it with an open and honest heart. That's part of the mindfulness. It's not just the present. It's, it's be present and open. Now, when you take that idea and see that mind and heart is the same word and we're really interchanging these pieces. Now you take that back and look at the floor. When we're doing something with a real focused mindfulness, a really open, honest heart, we're cleaning the floor. That's it. When we fall at all for a moment, we respond any other way, but from our heart and our mindfulness, we're adding garbage to the floor every single time. And the problem is that we not only have to clean the floor from all the stuff that's already there, but you've got to stop adding new garbage to the floor. And that is a really hard thing to do because life happens. There's a lot of people out there that will take on some disciplines that should really help themselves. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm working out. I'm trying really hard to lose weight. You know, but then you go home and you eat pizza and Cheetos. 
You're just you're sabotaging your own prog- progress. It's the same thing spiritually. I'm really, you know, Rudy, I'm trying to be mindful. I'm being calm. You know, you guys shut up, knock it off. You're sabotaging yourself by your own actions, your own behavior. You have to get to a point where you see every single thing matters. It's all a part of your practice. It never stops. It's all a part of the process. So Sifu was talking to a longtime student. And it's, it's been a sad week for us because we're losing the student and he's been here 15, 16 years. And for the past two or three, he's been coming less and less, a little more sporadic, but his company has been really trying to move him to Germany. And finally, they sat him down and said, that's it. You've got to go. He's held out as long as he could. He's fought it as long as he could, but you got to go. You're going to keep this job. You got to go. So the other night was his last night. And Sifu sat down and said... You've been here like 16 years. You can't, I can't think of a better example. Things got hard, you know, you came. Things got good, you came. You, you'd go on a, go away on a business trip. As soon as you come back, you're back. You had good experiences here, you came back. You had some rougher experiences here, you came back. You just didn't stop. You kept coming and coming and practicing and practicing. So Sifu said... With your kind of dedication, give me, um, well, let's call it an exit interview, right? Let's talk about your practice. In this, give me, give me one thing that you really think we should do better. And he, of course, being deferential, said, Sifu, I don't know, I don't know. And Sifu said, come on, give me one thing. And he said, I think you do it, but I don't think people get it. And Sifu said, what do you mean? He said, well, you have to do better and making them realize that they're not really fighting, they're really not exercising, and they're really working on being mindful. And that is really a spiritual practice that caused them to be better, caused them to be better people, and they need to be mindful. And Sivu said, sir, don't we talk about it all the time, every, every day? And he said, yes, and that's the problem. We talk about it all the time. We practice it all the time, but people still, they just, they miss it. And Sifu said, well, how would you suggest? And he said, I don't know. But they miss it. They, they got it. It's almost like they, they hear it when you say it, and then they practice, and I hear it when you say it, and then I fight. So when I'm sparring, I'm worried about not getting hit, not getting kicked, not getting thrown down. Oh, my God, I got him. Isn't this great? But, but during that time, you're not thinking, this is really mindfulness. This is... This is really focused. People confuse the two. They divorce things that were never meant to be divorced. They look at their physical practice on one hand and their spiritual discipline, mental discipline on the other, and think that they're two separate things. And this was never supposed to be the point. So when we're working out really hard and we're doing squats and push-ups and you've got 50 more and it's excruciating and you think you're going to pass out, you're not thinking, this is mindfulness. This is the focus. This is spirituality. You're thinking... I can do this. Come on, let's go. And the mindset should be the same from the mats to the cushion. When we talk about on the cushion, collecting calmness, peacefulness, focus, discipline, then to the mats, same state, same goal. Then out there to your life, the same state, same goal. But what he sees is you have changes. You sit on the cushion and you have one goal. Then you stand up on the mats 
and you go, I'm going to work out. I'm going to get this. I'm going to be tough. I'm going to get the next rank. Then out there living my life, living my life, then you go, oh, yeah, I should, I sh- I should be nice. You have to link them more. Cushion, mats, life, all connected, all doing the same exact thing. Either cleaning the floor or putting garbage on the floor. You sit on the cushion, but don't control your mind, control your breath. You don't focus. You're just sitting there. You're adding garbage to the floor. Yeah, but I'm sitting. No, you're really not. You're wasting time. Really make an honest effort when you sit. Make the effort to be still, the effort to be calm. Not strain. There's a difference. Effort. Practice. Push it hard. But don't be concerned about exercise. Sparring. Get good. Be able to defend yourself. I want you to be able to defend yourself, but don't be concerned with it because all of it is secondary. The most important is your ability to stay mindful. Mindful involves mind and heart, both open. This is the goal. When we do this constantly, over and over, the floor gets clean and we realize what always was, which is we're really the goal.